Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Tabletop. Now, tonight is not episode five. Instead, tonight is a new segment. Something new to bring in the new era for the show, having had its first couple of episodes released. Tonight is Sunday Night Table Talk. This is a new segment we're bringing into the show. We're on Sundays, just before the day before the game. We get together and we talk about the production of the show. We go over a few things, uh, uh, how how the cast is feeling about the show, how they're feeling about the games we're playing, what they are, what they're looking forward to, uh, things of that nature, and role playing in general. So for the inaugural episode of Sunday Night Table Talk, and please forgive me, I have imbibed a few beers earlier. I'm still a little buzzed, so please forgive me. I am your host, Dakota Dackerman Dackerson. And tonight I am joined with the OG cast, Ben, uh, Tristan, Kelsey, and we're all here. Unfortunately, Seth could not join us tonight. He is currently GMing, game mastering for those not in the know, uh, a game of D&D for some friends up in his town in Ohio. Sefferman. Yes, the Sefferman is currently doing the the Matt Mercer. Anyways, so for tonight's Sunday night table talk, we're going to talk about... Uh, the direction the show is going in going forward. We're going to discuss uh, our new format, and we're going to be discussing uh, Delta Green and our characters for the night. So to start us off, we're going. I'm going to bring up the announcement. Monday Night Tabletop is now going through a new season format. So I know when we started the show, we were starting. We did two episodes of Star Wars Fantasy Flight Games RPG. I know the first episode was originally meant to be audio notes only, which is why I was playing music in the background. But we recorded it because I was using it as audio notes. But Ben here convinced me to uh, go ahead and. Uh, uploaded just so we could say we uploaded something and get the ball rolling because I'm a major procrastinator uh, and we went forward with that and then we made characters and we were going to run into the long arm of the hut but everyone was really excited for Delta Green and after we did episode 3 everyone was super excited and really loved it as far as I'm telling if, if anybody here tonight has uh, any objections to this by all means say something to me I'm a Lovecraft fan so I'm always down for this yeah. alright Objections, perish the thought. No, no, no objections today. But so everyone was really, really into it. So I decided after giving it some thought, we're going to do a new season format. Instead of jumping around with a bunch of different games willy-nilly, we're now doing a season format. So for the rest of what is now season one, we are going to be playing Delta Green, A Candle in the Dark which is the name of our campaign we're going to be playing, following the uh, adventures and misadventures of the Delta Green Conspiracies in Cell. Season two, we will be actually be picking back up. Don't worry, Star Wars fans, because look, y'all ain't a bigger Star Wars fan than me. I'll fight you. Um, but season two will, will be a return to Star Wars, my favorite uh, role-playing game. 
hands down, even though I love Delta Green and I love the concept. I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan through and through. By the way, anybody see the new episode of The Mandalorian? Leave us a comment or uh, on our Facebook page or uh, send me an email talking about The Mandalorian. Tell me what's up with that uh, Baby Yoda and uh, who the fuck's that at the end of episode five? Seriously, spoilers. Anyways, so, see, uh, so we have the first two seasons planned out. We actually, going into the next little talking point... Let me turn the mic over for a second here and hand it over to the cast. What are you guys thinking about this new season for? I think it sounds like it's uh, going to help us organize a bit better. It's, uh, yeah, it's a logical approach. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah? Okay. I like it. It helps us stick to one thing and then go to another when we're finished. We, we got too many ideas in the works. We want to jump on them all at once, but... Sticking to this will uh, help prevent that. <laughs> and we're not doing this full time. We're not even doing this for pay. So, unfortunately, we can't spend all the time in the world rolling dice and telling stories. Yeah, unfortunately. Nine to fives. Unfortunately. If I could do this full time, I would. Uh, send Monday Night Tabletop a message on Facebook if uh, you're looking for a GM for hire. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would totally like to get out of the gas station business. Please and thank you. Uh, yeah, nice marketing. Nice, <laughs> nice marketing. Yeah. Nice marketing. Y'all need a gym? Uh, uh, I'm on it. Uh, so, going into this new season format, I have been horrible at keeping track. We know in our home games, we've been all over the place. I think we were like in, what, three different D&D games? But you see, the, 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 it's not a problem there because you don't have to worry about anyone except for your players, right? Well, and I don't feel like doing this campaign tonight. It's a bit too heavy-handed. Let's jump to this one. It's a bit more lighthearted. Right. We had, like, what, three D&D games, two Star Wars games. A few that have been on extended hiatus. A few that have been on extended hiatus. We have a, a, a canceled... Uh, Hollow Earth expeditions canceled. Air quotes. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to rekindle that, but it's we'll been see. quite a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been some time since we uh, went up to Seth's in person and played that game. Yeah, I still have my character sheet knocking around somewhere. I have no idea where on Earth or in the Hollow Earth my character sheet is gone. <laughs> it has gone to the realms of oblivion. Uh, Somebody go call the dragon. Uh, I have no qualms with recycling characters, so I mean, if you've got to make a new one, I'm just sticking to the old one. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we got that going on. We had like, uh, what other games do we have? I don't even know anymore. We had some other games. Scrolls? Did we mention that already? Did we mention that Scrolls already? Well, that was one of the D&D games. We were using 5th edition for that. Oh. I was at one point involved in a Pathfinder game. That's been... Months since that's been played. That, mm-hmm. then that, I was I was the only one in this group part of that though. So. Well, I know you were also uh, you were in a Call of Cthulhu game. I was. Um, I'd still like to get that done. Uh, the 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 uh, the person who is DMing for that is currently uh, engaged with classes though. So uh, finals is what we are right now. I haven't heard from uh, either, uh, most of my college friends at this point. They're uh, they're pretty preoccupied. So understandable. At this point, before we get even deeper into this, since we just did that announcement for the seasons, I think now would be a pertinent time to go over. And this was something that the production, once we put out the first two episodes, we were going to do this, and I got caught up in work, and it was really brutal because I switched shifts, and it was horrible. 
But I think now would be a good time for it. Let's do Meet the Cast. We were going to do little mini episodes uh, right around the time episode two launched. And a lot a lot of things happened. So let's, let's take care of that now here on Sunday Night Table Talk. Sweet. Since I have a major ego, I'm not going to go first. I'm going to be a bit considerate. And we're going to go with starting out. We're going to start with Ben here on the left. Put me on the spot right away, aren't you? Always, man. <laughs> you gotta be quick. Well, heck, at least give me the cliff notes. What, what, what am I introducing myself to? <clears throat> well, I mean, okay, so let me, let me give the format here. So, we're meet the cast. So, everybody listening, they, they hear us game, right? They hear us play. They don't know us. So, why don't you give, like, a little brief synopsis about yourself, how much you played role-playing games, maybe a fun memory from role-playing. All right. Um, well, uh, some people call me Ben. Um, I've been gaming, it's not been terribly long, what, three years, four years? Uh, not 2014 to 2019, six years. Our fir- the first role-playing game you ever played was actually a game of Star Wars with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that, that leads directly into my fondest role-playing memory, uh, The Wheel. Um, our misadventure on The Wheel. Oh, The Wheel. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, you were, uh, I think you were scrambling a bit. I I was new to GMing. (laughs) Um, I have played role-playing games for some time, but that was my first foray into GMing. I did so minimal prep work compared (laughs) to now. And I was just rolling with the dice rolls, and it just went nuts. Because I let the flow of everything take control, and that was something else. I ain't heard a story like that off of a pre-published adventure like that before. Uh, you know, uh, why don't you why don't you take over on the storytelling? All right, sure. Um, so we began our adventure on the wheel. If I recall correctly, we were on in some sort of cantina aboard the space station. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the uh, Legends canon of Star Wars, the wheel is a uh, free port, um, sort of, it's, it, I guess a shadow port might be a better Shadow port would be the nomenclature. Yeah, um, it's, it, they, it operates in a gray zone. The, the, the Empire tolerates it, but it doesn't exactly follow Imperial regulations. And uh, context there would indicate it, 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 it operated, well, since long before the Empire, but the time period this took place in was during the Imperial rule. And our ragtag band of misfits met up in some cantina with some uh, aging former Jedi trying to give us this crazy mission. Uh, we were running beyond the rim. Uh, uh, heavily modified. Heavily modified. Well, um, in Edge of Empire, which is the system we were using, mm-hmm. um, there's something called obligation. And everyone was, they were kind of tailoring their characters to work well with each other. Everyone else was. And I didn't like that. I don't think that makes for good storytelling. So I made, as far as I could do, within reason, a very abrasive very unpleasant to work with character. Um, that was my edge boy. <laughs> yeah. edge boy. And I, I wasn't going to make it impossible for the party to work with this character. Obviously, you can't stymie the game just because you won't work with people. But I was going to make him work for it a bit. You know, he didn't trust anyone. And um, the big thing, he had an obligation. If ever we ran into Imperials, I either had to make a hard cool check or open fire. 
So, um, guess who we ran into on the wheel? Uh, the Imperial Armada, led by uh, Admiral Rex. Now, what Dackerman has failed to mention up until this point is that he has a tendency to, uh, especially in Star Wars campaigns, base them off of a continuing universe that he has started uh how long ago did you make that character? Okay, so I used to play on Roll20, uh, Star Wars Saga Edition D20 by Wizards of the Coast. Um, when I was younger, uh, about high school age, maybe a little bit before that, I was in a group of people who played this uh, campaign. I was a player, and I created a Jedi Padawan by the name of Brock Texan. I gave him, you know, a real southern accent. And he was a real polite boy. And, uh, you know, he, he believed in the moral righteousness of the Jedi and the Jedi Code. And uh, he started out young, but he got older as time went on. We, we started out just a little while after episode one. And by the end of that campaign online, uh, we ended just when Order 66 went off. And uh, at that point in time, for that last session, all of the other players played clone troopers and I played the only Jedi. So that was a bit of a fucked situation because then I, it was basically player versus the rest of party. Um, I managed to survive and I had Brock escape. That was when the campaign ended and I didn't really pick anything up after that, I was dealing with school, graduation, all that. And about three years later, roughly, uh, Fantasy Flight game Star Wars was out, and they had released Beyond the Rim. And you're skipping an important detail that plays directly into what happened at the wheel. So Dakota had this uh, game going on with... Um, our good friend Sefferman and another gentleman who was never able to join us after uh, this. Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. Mm -hmm. And um, they were playing these two characters. Tal Van Dyck was Seth's character. A hopping scientist who uh, really I don't understand quite what he was doing aside from trying to make a name for himself in the scientific community. Uh, he was an astrophysicist. Yes. Um, and then Cameron's character, the bastard. He called himself the Mandalore because he was a raving lunatic. Um, what was he, six foot something, grotesquely muscled? Um, this, is a, this is how Dackerman described him to me, mind you. I was not present for any of these events. Um, but they played so directly into what happened that I, I, I feel that it put a lot of things into context as to why certain things were in place. Um, so we'll, we'll jump to the shorters, and that's a, the, the, their whole misadventure is a story for another time. Mm -hmm. um, but their direct tie into us is they were to bust Brock Texan out of the mall. Which, if you know anything about the Legends continuity, the Maul was a secret Imperial installation near the center of the galaxy in the Deep Core, surrounded by so many black holes, there was only one way in and one way out, and it was one of the most highly classified inf information in the entire Galactic Empire. And, um... Rather than proceed with the stealth mission that Dackerman had planned out for them, they decided to uh, basically ram raid the place and drew as much attention as possible. And uh, guess where Santa or uh, Texan was dropped off after that? The wheel. The wheel. So guess who was in hot pursuit? Yeah. After that, I actually ran a side campaign. I actually had. Seth and Cameron convert their characters to FFG Star Wars, and I ran a 
a game that took place concurrent to the events on the wheel. That was actually my uh, first taste of DMing because I sat in on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you co-DM'd that, that, that concurrent part with me. We'll cross an entire Imperial Armada um, with a bunch of new, uh, new players and um, one of which has decided to make a character that will struggle with any encounter dealing with large numbers of Imperials. What was that, a very hard difficulty roll against uh, Cool Check? Cool. We, we, uh, we, we mentioned that. <laughs> well, uh, fortunately, I was able to pass most of that. Somehow. Um, Look at the roll. Yeah, we, we, uh, we kept my cool up until the very last. Um, which... The, the whole the whole session culminated with um, a shootout with a large number of hostiles, starting with a rival mercenary group. The Yayar clan Rodians. Yes, we uh, so they're supposed to be your nemesis throughout the entirety of the campaign. Um, we managed to mow the majority of them down in the uh, in the hangar by hacking an auto turret and have it uh, just like I said, mow them down as they came through the door. <laughs> we then had the stormtroopers show up. Um, by this point, um, the station alarms have started going off, and the Imperials, thinking that the station is trying to evacuate, have, be have begun to open fire, even with their own men on the base, um, or on the station. Now, uh, we, we managed to escape and pull Brock Texan with us, who was not supposed to accompany us on our uh, journey. And uh, the wheel was destroyed, which... If uh, any of you are savvy to Legends canon, you know that that is not how it was supposed to go down, so. Shadows of the Empire, Luke and Leia, we're gonna go to the wheel to find the information to follow the trail of Han Solo and Carbonite. Yes, um, so we immediately jumped out of canon territory into our own expanded universe. Mm -hmm. Which on. I mean, I guess we were already there. There, there wasn't any bombastic raid at the mall in canon either. I'm sure that would have... No, been. yeah, that was all. Much less one that wiped out how much of an Imperial fleet? Uh, an Imperial fleet? An Imperial fleet. Uh, using a makeshift hyperdrive bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend is... Uh, he okay. has quite the flair for the dramatic and... and is a bit fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. But rule of cool, man. Rule of cool. Okay. I love the rule of cool. Yeah, so that is um, probably so far my favorite memory of uh, tabletop gaming. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, fun times. Uh, think we'll ever see Valem again? Oh, for sure. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe <laughs> we'll see him on Monday Night Tabletop. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Well, I think we had a good spot with you, Ben. People got to know you a little bit more, if not directly with personality traits thrown out there. Just by listening to you, I think they got to learn a little bit more about you. So let's take it over. Let's switch it up a little bit. Kelsey. Hello. Now, what was your introduction to role-playing games? Um, I would say when we played Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth? I had a little bit of taste of it. Okay. Um, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, of course, but that's the, the beauty of it, I guess you could say. It was your first time? Yeah. And Everybody has a first time. I was playing, I think I was playing a priest mm -hmm. or something like that, yeah. It was, it was a fun time uh, playing that, though. 
if uh, anyone has not gotten the chance to check out the Hollow Earth setting, it is worth looking into. Yeah, very pulpy, very Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. I know Sefferman would be very upset to miss out on that. He, he, he's, in fact, currently the only person I know who owns that set, and um, he's gotten me hooked. He's a, he's a solid DM, pretty good one. Uh, he's, of course, got more experience than any of us here, but... But, uh, so you started with Hollow Earth with us in that one game mm -hmm. uh, that Seth ran, and uh, you, you enjoyed it. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're comfortable with sharing? Uh, sure. Well, I've always really liked stuff like role-playing games like stories and stuff mm -hmm. i've always liked to uh, you know bring them to life mm -hmm. in any way that i can uh, so i've always been sort of a nerd i guess since i've been since i've been young i really like watching sci-fi movies watching fantasy movies i'm a big anime nerd all that Ever since I was little, I really like writing, so I definitely really got accustomed to role-playing because it's sort of like writing, but with sort of more... Um, the collaborative storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of more uh, spontaneous and stuff. You have to uh, really step into your role because you're not interacting with some computer code. You're interacting with real people. Right, and that's something that I'm not really used to. But I'm getting there still, you know, because when you're a writer, you can, you can write about a character and it's there, but you're not really them, you know. You um, see it from an outside point of view. And also, you, you have much more direct control. Right. You don't have to really play them. You just have to write them and that's them. It's always interesting to make characters that come to your mind and then play them how you think they would be. Absolutely. Yeah. And what would you say is your favorite role-playing memory? Um, I really liked, I figured you would know this one. I really liked playing as a lag. Uh, I really liked that full campaign, actually. River, River Camp Legends? I really liked that campaign altogether because it seemed like an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Tales of the Drunken Lizard Man. Tales of the Drunken Lizard Man. Yeah, I really liked that one. I also really liked playing um, Elder Scrolls with you guys, mm -hmm. even though I was Big Bad Jamora, but whatever. Hey, sometimes someone's got to be the Big Bad. Sometimes I, I, I noticed I, I like to play like antagonistic characters because I feel like if you always have a bunch of characters that are going towards righteousness and they always do good, they have no challenges, that's too boring, you know? You yes. need to have challenge thrown in there. You're absolutely right. That's the exact thinking behind Valen. You know, yeah. you, you have everyone working together in a solid, you know, just cohesive mass. It's like, well, where, where's the where's the real story building? Like, it can be there, but it's much more interesting if you have to convince someone to do something because maybe it doesn't fully line up with what they believe. Or You always gotta look at both sides. Yeah. Like, everyone believes that what they're doing is right, but they always are on one side of the coin, and nobody will ever be able to understand each other. But. Reminds me of this old, I, I remember reading this somewhere on the internet once that uh, someone was talking about the whole concept everyone thinks they're the good guy, right? Mm -hmm. Someone brought up, was like, they interviewed Al Capone. Now, I don't know, my memory's really bad, right? Stoner in high school, burn my brain cells. I want to just be up front with everybody. <laughs> but I remember reading on the internet once that somebody said Al, Al Capone thought he was the hero of his story and the dude, dude was responsible for the, the Valentine's Day massacre. 
Yeah. Who's in the mafia? For our Americans here. If you're from somewhere else, you might not know what I'm talking about. Whenever asked what he thought about what was going on or what he did, mainly, when asked what he did to get all the money that he had, Al Capone's response was always, I provide a service to the people. Mm-hmm. And he was the hero of his story. And- I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to play, you know, more good characters, too. Like, I have a paladin who's really, you know, cares a lot and is deep down good and down to earth. We'll be seeing her again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she she's not all cookie cutter, but, but she's not at the least bit bad. She cares more about others than herself. That's sometimes a bad thing, sometimes a good thing. Kathy Knights, everybody, premiering on Monday Night Tabletop in 2021. One twenty-one. I'm looking for featuring Kelsey, Tristan, and Ben. <laughs> That's a can't remember my character's name. He's really fun to play. I think it started with an A. Yeah, I did. I just can't remember. I'm Miss Valtira. <laughs> Someone would say to start with the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I play Coaguloth. Coaguloth, also known as Caligula. Also known as Caligula. Yeah, I believe you shoved a turkey up a, a beggar's ass at the... It wasn't a whole so yeah, turkey. Yeah, we've already started this campaign. That's... Was a, yeah, it wasn't a whole a turkey. A bar patron. Uh, it was actually your contact, your character's contact. Yeah, that's what... Well, you, you decided to throw that in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was clever GMing by... Uh, uh, yeah, yours truly over there. Um, I felt really bad after that. Um, <laughs> this is officially my intro. Yeah, go ahead and take it away, okay. Tristan. Okay. This was actually my uh, this was my introduction to uh, Monday Night in this house. We were not running the podcast. Yet. No, but again, the, the podcast is named after the fact that we all get together on Monday nights for, for tabletop role-playing. Right. Uh, I just... Uh, Kind of a shame. I really had fun with this one. I I, I didn't know if I was going to be coming back for Monday nights. Um, Not because I didn't want to. Because I I didn't know um, what uh, scheduling was going to be like for me. So, uh, really too bad we didn't get a recording of that. Uh, oh, no we'll be we'll be returning to Cafe Nights. Yeah, but I I feel like I, I for one had a lot of fun with that one. I don't <laughs> um, after I had a couple of beers that night too, uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> let you really live up the character. Oh yeah, yeah. And this is just who uh, this is who Coaguloth is. Um, uh, he uh, I really don't want to spoil too much. Um, he's uh, he's got his reasons to drink. And, and be, be in a foul mood and being uh, uh, Dragonkin I believe Dragonborn Dragonborn okay uh, being Dragonborn is uh, I mean he's big he's imposing and um, he's also I, I'm not sure he's aware of, of how hilarious he is in his uh, drunkenness or sobriety uh, I think he tries to come off as just um, intimidating Mm-hmm. And actually comes off as comical sometimes. So he's kind of a fun character to play. It thro- throws his weight into something, knocks it down, and, and shenanigans ensue. Uh, so, <clears throat> a little bit about Coaguloth. Uh, anything else you want me to... Uh... Uh, well, you already described your first time role-playing. Right. Well, uh, with us, anyways. I believe back in the day when you were younger, you, uh, yeah. you played the old Red Box dandy. Uh, uh, I had the old purple box D and D. Oh, okay. The keep on the Borderlands. Okay. Um, so, uh, my grandfather was aware of the uh, Satanic Panic of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother was not aware that what she had bought was anything 
other than a, a, a board game you would give to a kid. And she knew I was into I was into some sci fantasy and sci fi. So obviously there's um, I think there was a picture of a dragon on the box of that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, things like that. She she would see that and she would think, oh well, he, he'll like this. So she brought it home and I could not figure I could not figure it out. Um, was this before things like dice D twenty sided dice? Uh, I don't believe D twenty was a part of the original. Okay. Set for I do not, D&D. Yeah, I do not remember an elaborate um, set of dice coming with that game. I, I remember there were maps. There was some kind of weird white crayon. Uh, the crown was meant to fill in the dice. Uh, okay. To fill in the grooves to make it so you could read it. I see. So, um, that was such a long time. I never really got anybody to play this thing with me. Uh, but years later, uh, I did attend a few games of uh, Shadowrun <clears throat> with some friends. Um, I've been interested in. So, uh, I mean, most of the role playing I did at that point was was on video games. So when they told me, you know, we're uh, uh, we're playing Shadowrun, we know we heard you we're, we heard you play that uh, game on the, on uh, uh, Genesis, and they knew I liked it a lot because I wouldn't shut up about it. It was a, uh, it was a great game, and uh, I was kind of wondering how you played Shadowrun as a game on a tabletop. And when I realized it looked more like Dungeons and Dragons, I got to admit I was a little I was a little uh, discouraged from playing. It kind of brought me back to the old uh, the keep on the borderlands module I had, um, and the. the <clears throat> Rotten luck I had getting anybody to play a game of that with me. I and mean, we were kids. We were five, six, seven years old before the thing wound up in the attic. We didn't know what D&D was. So, um, but no, I, I talked to it like a fish uh, like a fish to water. It was, uh, I really loved the lore of that world. Um, the way the alternate history just kind of, uh, through this, this trifecta of, uh, a seceded part of the United States, Canada, and the uh, what they what they were calling the Amerindian uh, Council. Uh, this awakening, I, I guess it was worldwide, uh, where uh, the people just randomly turned into things like dwarves and trolls and stuff. Yeah, it just transformed. Like to interject for a second. Um, I've never gotten to play the tabletop, but if uh, anyone's a PC gamer, I've played. Uh, I've played uh, Shadowrun Returns. Um, I've not made it through the uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong game, but um, I'd known about the setting before that, and I always wanted to look into it. Um, to elaborate on what you were saying about the worldwide, uh, I believe dragons run most of the world banks in mm-hmm. Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. I, um, there was another game in between Hong Kong and Shadowrun Returns. I keep forgetting the name of it. Uh, my Steam is not open, so I can't really pull it up right now. But there, there was another in between those two uh, that had a really in-depth party system with like NPC party members with very detailed backgrounds. Uh, can't remember the name of it for the life of me. I really apologize, but I loved the shit out of that game. Wish I could help you there. I, I, I kind of wish I started playing the PC games too. Uh, I've, not, I've never gotten around to that, but. Um 
You, you, it sounds like you it sounds like you got sucked in just like I did. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, DriveThroughRPG.com has uh, the Sixth World book, uh, Core Rulebook uh, on sale right now, actually. Hmm. A lot of sales going on. Oh, yeah. A lot of sales going on during the holiday season at DriveThroughRPG.com. This is not a paid promotion, by the way. It's just the biggest retailer online for digital format tabletop role-playing games. Right. Just saying. We Disclaimer. Make, yeah, we make no money for doing this. No. Free promotion. For now, yeah, but I think I think I think I might I think I might be dropping a few dollars there this season. Um, in particular, uh, I, I kind of always wanted to go back to that to that series because I had a lot of fun with that game. Uh, the the whole uh, the, the part the, the party building um, and just just being immersed in that world. Um, it was a perfect balance of technology, magic politics and you had this 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 kind of Morlock Eloy dichotomy going on like the Shadowrunners were the ones that they weren't just the ones that took the job anyone did it was basically you were the less dead you were the forgotten you were the ones that really didn't even exist um, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, th I think I think one one of my favorite things about it was you had this oppressive police force constantly present but they were so damn corrupt they could just be bought off. It, it gave you so many ways to solve anything that, that came your way. You could solve it with a frag grenade. You could solve it with a charisma with a, with a charisma roll. You could solve it with a, <clears throat> uh, a magic spell. You could make yourself just disappear and slip down an alleyway. If you weren't running from another magic user or somebody with cyber eyes, you could see you. Do you see how many different ways this could go? Mm -hmm. yes. Absolutely. That's the wonder of tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. The thoughts, the possibilities are truly endless. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my first official foray into tabletop gaming. I didn't touch it for years until I wound up back here uh, mm -hmm. on Monday nights. And my first playthrough was uh, Knights of Cathay. Uh, Cathay Knights, uh, homebrew setting. I keep calling it Knights of Cathay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Right, that was my uh, that that was the first time in years I picked it up, and the first game I ever played in this house. I will never forget it. Within minutes, I was setting a tavern on fire <laughs> after okay. brutally sodomizing a man with a with a drumstick. It turned out to be uh, Ben's Ben's contact for that for that for that story. Also making all kinds of uh, interesting opportunities. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that, that really that really all came together. Crossing the three players together that was that was pretty interesting. It, it did. It did. Um, and uh, I knew right then and there that this was something I not only could have gotten into, but probably should have gotten into years ago. I feel like a lot of my time might have been wasted because a lot of RPGs I played on consoles back in the day were really just not worth it. I think I played them because I found that to be my genre. Um, and honestly, if that were the case, then I don't see why I just didn't get into the tabletop because it, it, it's a social... It has to be so. It has to be a social experiment. You know, you can't you can't play D and D by yourself. You can, but it's not as fun. No, 
Um, well, then you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's not. It's not as fun. I mean, you can play mousetrap by yourself, but are you really playing mousetrap? That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, chess against yourself is really just. Yeah, I know people do it, but it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, that that first Monday night made me think. I mean, maybe I should have gotten into this years ago. I I didn't really see much fun in all the dice rolls, all the math, all the writing of stuff down. Uh, but you know, not all of us can be smart kids. <laughs> it it really comes down to finding the right group. I think um, mm -hmm. you've got to find that group of friends that you can be comfortable enough with to just do really nerdy stuff. Like because role playing, like. It, if you have stage fright, it, it, it's difficult to get into because you are acting. Mm -hmm. um, you're you're you are playing a role, and um, if you're not comfortable with the group you're with, you're not going to have as good of a time as if you were. Um, you also need to all know where boundaries are. You know there are certain things, no matter who you are, that you might find completely fine, but maybe someone else is uncomfortable with it. So there's a lot of factors that need to be taken into account when you're searching for a group of people to role play a role-playing game with. Um, but once you find that group, once you find that magic, well, that's what it is. It's magic. Mm -hmm. And endless stories can be told. And that's what we're here to do with you guys here on Monday Night Tabletop. Share some wonderful stories, play some good games, and overall have a good time. Maybe do a bit of experimenting on the side, too. That, too. <laughs> it's never fun if you're not doing a little bit of experimenting. <laughs> don't do drugs, kid. Don't, <laughs> not, don't do what I did. Don't do not what I did. Not that kind of experiment. <laughs> don't do no. what I did. Listen, listen. Don't, no, don't go down the path I went. I was about to say, I hope you brought enough for everybody. <laughs> no, no, drugs are expensive. Yeah. You mean bad? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking of something very specific, which I'm sure Dackman knows what I'm referencing. I know damn well. <laughs> um, Remember, this is an explicit marked podcast. We're going to talk about some shit. <clears throat> put the kids to bed. Yeah, put them to bed. Get them out of here. Take that coat. Get them out of here. Take that coat. They don't need that coat. <laughs> oh, God. Sun's down anyway. They have school day tomorrow. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Monday. <laughs> but yeah, so no episode five launching probably around the time you're going to be hearing this podcast. It, it's not going to take as much editing as last time. Um, just, you know, we're, we're doing episode five tomorrow, everybody. We're recording episode five. We're getting back into it. We're finishing up last things last, and then uh, we'll be going forward with uh, the next adventure for uh, Delta Green, A Candle in the Dark. I think you guys are going to be really looking forward to this. I'll s I can't say it's a spoiler if it doesn't really tell you anything, but Tristan already knows this. I talked about him with this in the living room couple days ago but uh the next adventure in delta green a candle in the dark will be titled plague dun, dun, dun. and it is a very interesting pre-written because i'm still getting a feel for lovecraft stuff 
So I, I don't feel too comfortable writing my own. I feel comfortable editing and expanding and improving on stuff now, that already exists. Do you want me to link you his bibliography on the Play Store? Because I, it I, is free. Oh, I you have, have it. I have good. an app with everything. Good. 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 I've good. read stories. I, I just, I'm getting a, a feel for playing out scenarios in Delta Green as a game master. So I'm just getting a feel for it. Because I'm still learning the system with you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm still learning that. That's why I sent out that link when they did the Agent's Handbook uh, Pay What You Want sale on Drive -Thru RPG. Mm -hmm. uh, I picked that up too. So we're no longer running uh, Need to Know rules. We're running the actual rule book. Um, but I'm still picking up on learning to be a GM for this specific type of game and story. Uh, so bear with me. I know we've, we've got some little fumbles here and there with uh, Last Things Last. But really, we're going to get together. Uh, I know that I didn't give a lot of investigative uh, uh, opportunities when you guys went to the cabin in episode four. Uh, I'm aware of that. I actually am really sorry. I should have thrown in a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to be taking that as a lesson and moving forward into the next couple of sessions. I'm really going to be working hard on that. We tried our hearts out to do our, to do our sleuthing, but yeah. the dice just weren't, weren't on our side. No, and no, I wasn't no. giving you a lot of stuff to actually work with. Right. Well, there's also, um, now that you mentioned it, I guess this would be a very uniquely paced and structured system. I mean, Call of Thulu in, its, in of itself, or should I say Lulu? Um, <laughs> Cold for <Lauren. laughs> um, It's it, it's very different compared to say D and D or um, Star Wars. Yes, FFG or pretty much any setting that I can think of off the top of my head um, that we've we've tried. It's it's. Uh, it's very unique in that um, you know there you, you fight the monsters here you know you don't <laughs> you as little as possible fight the monsters um, you, you you try to even avoid even seeing them mm -hmm. cosmic horror is a very interesting genre it's um, it's uh, definitely worth a read if you're um, if you're into that kind of thing well I would say it's an inverted trope right so Call of Cthulhu is avoid the monsters, right? Versus your standard. But Delta Green is sort of an inversion of that deconstructed, right? It's it's a game that's basically set, it's a Call of Cthulhu game originally, but a modified basic role-playing system game. Mm -hmm. It takes the concept of Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu mythos, Lovecraft, horror, investigation, and so, okay, you wanna avoid the monsters? No, you're in a part of an illegal government conspiracy. Your job is to find these monsters and destroy them. The way it's set up sort of reminds me of Witch Hunter, if anyone's ever heard of that. Um, cool, game. obscure RPG. <laughs> um, we found it by chance. Um, at a half price books, if I remember correctly. Yes, I was up at half price books with my good friend Noah, and uh, we just happened to cross this um, this book, we were, we were going through the game book section, and um, we came across this book, Witch Hunter, and I was, I, we were getting ready to leave, and it's like, one more, one more, let's take a look at this together, let's look at this, and we start reading it, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, the more we read, the more intrigued, and the more hyped we are, um, until finally I came and said, I am buying this today, because if I don't, someone else is scooping this up. Um, 
we have not gotten a chance to dive full hog into it. Um, our friend Noah was, began DMing, but then immediately found himself preoccupied with school and family. Um, so we haven't had a chance to touch base on that in quite a while. But um, it's something I am looking forward intensely into getting back into. Hell, maybe we can get it on the podcast. Maybe. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to talk to him about that. We're going we're gonna to share all these obscure games with the world. <laughs> Monday Night Tabletop. Only here, people. <laughs> Only here. I know everybody's all about their kids on bikes and their gum shoes and their tails from the loop. Ah, screw that shit. We're going to get obscure in this bitch. We're hipsters. What was that one you I'm saying we're not hipsters. <laughs> what? What's that one you found us? Was it Star Right here? Mm-hmm. Uh, something, it was, uh, it was, I found a PDF file for an old game from the 90s. Uh, it's set in an alternate universe where the Nazis and the Axis won World War II. And it's set like hundreds of years in the future. And like the Nazis and the Japanese have like colonized the galaxy and it's all sci-fi and then finally enough's enough and now there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a cultural zeitgeist movement where there's just people rebelling en masse against the Nazis and, and the Japanese. It sounds like an interesting setting. One, um, you know, we explore alternate history with the Nazis of one so often, but we never see one that set that far into a future run by the Nazis. It's always pretty close in. I think the latest we've seen is Wolfenstein um, in the 50s. Well, the latest that I'm aware of. I should not make a I'm sure there are others out there that I've not heard of. Well, they got one that goes as far as the 80s with... Uh New uh, Blaskowitz kids. The, new blood. Yeah, yeah, the new blood. The very unpopular one. <laughs> um, I, I I couldn't say from firsthand experience though. I've never played it. I I, uh, I haven't been playing a lot of first person shooters lately. Speaking of video games, I know kind of a crazy topic to talk about on a tabletop role playing game, but uh, Halo on PC. I'm just saying that was like my bread and butter in high school. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, listen, I picked it back. Look, Master Chief, let, let's do this shit. Let's go blow up a hammer. Fuck. Just saying. That was my bread and butter in my, my late 20s. Uh, hey, man, that you go. Yeah, preach on. Preach on. Uh, <clears throat> As a matter of fact, some undetermined amount of time in the future, maybe years from now, Halo Mythic, the tabletop RPG. <laughs> eh? 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 Hey. And it's VRP system too. Mm. In terms of video games, if we're going over our favorite video games now, uh, my bread and butter was always the Ace Combat series. Big pilot boy over here. <laughs> what about you, Kelsey? I don't really have favorite. Um, I can't think of any. I like them all that I've played so far. Didn't you say you uh, were very fond of Neverwinter for a while? Oh yeah, I played that for a while. Um, it's D and D. I was poor, so I played a lot of free games. <laughs> uh, okay, Neverwinter, I played Warframe um, for a while. I really liked playing Warframe. Chip uh, sound. <laughs> I liked Volt. That was my favorite Warframe. Hmm. Oh yeah. yeah I re- Volt and Mag. I'm a. Uh, when did Warframes come out? Oh, uh, was that was that on the PS3? 
I mean, it 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 launched on the like when the PS4 launched, it came on that, but I'm pretty sure it existed. It existed it's before actually PS4. Really, it's actually a really good game if anyone, you know, thinks it. They want to play it, but they're not sure if it's good. It it was Destiny before Destiny came out. It's also it also it did what Destiny tried to do much better than Destiny did. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's rated a nine out of ten on Steam. Um, released in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a graduate of high school. All right, so. Now we've gotten to meet the cast a little bit and talked about some video games and role-playing in general. I think, you know, I think the next talk point we really got to is, how is everybody feeling about Delta Green? I, I think we've covered this at the start of this. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You asked, um, as long as everyone's okay with Delta Green, I've made my feelings known. Well, did anybody like, got any particular talking points to add on that? Really, you know, anything, uh, any insights? It really makes uh, it makes you think. It, it really does. It reminds me of one of those Wild West '90s DOS games, um, especially a lot of the point-and-click ones. You're 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 dropped into a scenario that looks very familiar. You know, you've got these pixelated images that you know, are, are representations of things you, you see all the time. And for some reason, you are clicking around a screen thousands of times, trying to pick something up, and then doing it again to figure out what to use it with to get to a screen you've never been to before. And that's kind of that's what I felt like uh, going into um, Last Things Last. Uh, it sounds simple enough. Uh, uh, get into this man's abode, look for look for evidence of stuff, and you know I I, I didn't really think the dice were going to be that unkind to us. Um, I uh, I kind of tried to fashion my character as a, as, as an intelligent person, mm-hmm. um, and he came, he came across as kind of a bumbling gumshoe as far as his ability to search for clues <laughs> for anything. A drunk Russian actually suggested to him, like, "Did you open the photos?" <laughs> and my real life, my real life, my real life reaction to this was like, "Huh? Did I open the photos?" <laughs> and then it occurred to me, like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you can hide stuff behind the pictures in between the, yeah, okay, all right." And before before I could, before I could even respond, he was like, "We we'll, we'll go open the photos. Come on." Come on. <laughs> was like, like, I don't know. You're, you're you're terrible at this. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but. Uh, uh, after that, yeah, like I said, it makes you think, you know. Um, you kind of have to get the feel for, you know, not, not knowing what you're looking for and then just kind of picking up the breadcrumbs uh, along the way and looking at everything interesting, examining it if you can't pocket it and take it with you, uh, that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot more... Um, there's a lot more role playing going on here than actual game mechanics. There's definitely a lot more interaction with the environment itself as opposed to say D and D. Indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll be more social encounters too. Mm-hmm. It, it's a big, it's a huge exercise in chewing the scenery. Is what it is. Um, 
Anybody have anything else to add? Oh, I think that covers it. Like, <laughs> because, um, I mean, not to mention, not to mention, it's it, it's it's like you know, imagining your way through a. It's, it's like it's like playing make believe through a Lovecraft novel. Mm -hmm. It's like playing the point and click games, like you said. Right. It definitely is. But the like idea horror. of uh, living through a Lovecraft novel actually kind of terrifies me. <laughs> it terrifies me, but I love it. Yeah. I like horror. <laughs> well, having experienced last things last up to this point, agents. <clears throat> to adjust my uh, rose-colored glasses. <laughs> Um, Jiminy. <laughs> all right. What are you guys looking forward to? What's most exciting about this campaign and its possibilities? I got so many things. <laughs> Preach it, sister. <laughs> Shit. So many things. I want to see more Lovecraftian things because I got to miss it last time. Yeah, sorry about that. So I want to see more of it. <laughs> I want it. She said, I want to see another's horror. Yeah. I want to shock off. Even if I may die, it's a, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> for Hell of a sacrifice. I live for storytelling to, to my death. I hear they're pretty ugly poodles. Very ugly poodles. <laughs> Knew this old guy, used to smoke a lot of weed with him back in the day. Oh, we all called him Old Man Henderson. <laughs> Crazy dude. Name drop. Crazy dude, I'm telling you. I heard of this guy. So what about long gnomes? <laughs> killed Cthulhu. Sorry, I could not resist. <laughs> believe the story said he killed Haster, but that was Gumshoe. Trail of Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks, um, thanks. I'm really excited to see, like, um, I really want to... You know, like, we all have our own day jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But we have, we have those day jobs because we have skills for them. And some of those skills could help us in our endeavors, um, mm -hmm. which is what I'm trying to do with my character. Uh, I haven't really been able to find the opportunity to yet, but something like that is something I'd like to see. Forensic pathologist, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of our day jobs in game, uh, I'm looking forward to being uh, absolutely traumatized by something in the field, and then having to uh, uh, report to work and, and, and do tech support. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with just these eight ADI faces screaming in my head. All day. <laughs> and you're just typing. Like <laughs> You just type it like this. <laughs> right. Thousand yard stare. <laughs> What's that chant they do in Cthulhu's name? Cthulhu Ftag. Right, I just type that over and over and over at work. <laughs> oh my god, he's oh, lost man. it. It's like, you, you okay, you okay, uh, you okay Adrian? <laughs> why don't you take the rest of the day off? <laughs> they're, they're back there waiting for me, that's why. I know I don't want to stay at work. I don't want to ever leave. <laughs> I don't want to No, the most interesting, I think, of the day jobs is Dimitri over here, working for the Department yeah. of Transportation's Federal Highway Administration as a desk clerk. <laughs> yeah. Filing paperwork, just like... <laughs> Staple. Staple. Here's a man who wanted a really quiet, who wanted a really boring, quiet day job, which nobody wants. They... they, they 
when they start looking for their career, they want excitement. They they are so unhappy with like ninety percent of the jobs they wind up working. Here's a guy who went after this. He wanted this. He chose this. So it makes me wonder who the hell was he before the Department of Transportation? Who the hell was he? Right. Find who is Dimitri Patrol? I mean, he seems to have an endless flask of uh, <laughs> what is it, vodka in there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's got like an endless blast of spirits. And he's always drinking. He's always yeah. drinking and and oh, okay, uh, he's he's got he's got let's put something out for the record real quick. So the alcohol and nicotine addictions um, actually come from the DM taking the liberty when um, I chose which background was it. Um, one of the backgrounds you can choose allows the DM to pick uh, an addiction or, or a mental disorder and um, in exchange for skill in the unnatural skill yes so uh, the DM jumped on uh, alcohol addiction as well as nicotine yep he needs drugs to cope he, he's like our vendor <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, doesn't drink, he doesn't drink he gets drunk and he smokes and he, and he smokes to look cool <laughs> Mm, what what is up with Dmitry Petrov? <laughs> Petrov. Petrov. Normal people don't hear a, a, a voice in distress locked in, in a septic tank and immediately decide to pour gas down the hole. <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and and the frantic way he was like, we must, we must burn, we must set on fire. It's like, Listen, it's implied our characters have already seen some shit, right? And especially yeah, your breaking point was like way lower than everybody else's. Yeah, um, and and the way I view it, like one of the ways that someone would cope with seeing Lovecraftian horrors would possibly to be to equate it to folklore. Um, what can survive? in a septic tank alone for how long? Two weeks? Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with no food or water. And not only survive, but remain conscious and coherent. <laughs> so that was my thought process. It's like a fucking vampire or some other thing that's been trapped inside of there. <laughs> And um, I was thinking we weren't the only ones that happened upon the cabin. I mean, I was thinking that could be anyone down there, and somebody locked her, and somebody locked her up. And obviously, I'm not thinking Marlene because she's supposed to be dead. Well, I mean, that also makes sense from from how it's written because that's how, like they designed it for that. They they like the fact that the two of you were starting to get into it over. Over Marlene being down there begging for help. Mm -hmm. That's something that the designers definitely thought about. It was very clever. Yeah. Very like, just, 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 it, the game literally got into our heads. And, and we were almost at each other. I think later on it was an accident, but he did shoot me in the leg later. Mm -hmm. So um, and it was it was a it was a critical failure. That was I was aiming for Mar for that which was Marlene. I hit the uh, the uh, suave gumshoe instead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In my defense, it was a shotgun. So there was, so, there was a hell of a spread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not that I, I mean, we're all, I mean, yeah, we were all on the same team. Um, 
really wish Seth were here tonight. Uh, I, 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 th I think we're really missing out on his commentary on Sunday nights. But um, I, uh, I, I especially liked how there's flexibility in here to um, – to just, I mean, you've got this this mind-bending horror element, and he just kind of threw in this this uh, this comic relief, where <laughs> uh, uh, he he's like, I, he's, I see what he's trying to do, and I'm gonna turn on my flashlight and, and run at her with my gun, waving it around like, hey, look at me, I'm over here, you know, <laughs> this little distracting dance. Hey, bitch! <laughs> right? Yeah. Come get me, hey, bitch! bitch. You know? <laughs> he was. Um, and you know, again, another way the game gets in your head. You you get these you get these images. I I I, uh, I think you showed me a picture of Seth, uh, mm -hmm. who we were skyping with. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you showed me a picture of him after that night. So that night, I had no idea what he looked like, and I'm just picturing him in, in this in this in this. Uh, um, uh, kind of gray overcoat, uh, freshman's day job, necktie, dress shirt, gray pants, and just 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 pistol in his hand, flashlight in the other, like hey over here, you know, and just just doing this ridiculous kind of jig, the distractor, while I while I run at her with a gas can, and um, okay, I was like not even close to what Seth looked like, obviously, but uh, um, yeah, another way it gets in your head, it it. It's, now, you're, now you're painting this this picture in your head of this grim knight at a cabin fighting this this horrible contorting twitching yeah bone snapping sounds with every turn at unnatural angles I, yeah I was thinking movements like uh, I saw in, in like uh, um, um, are, are we allowed to mention major motion pictures sure yeah okay like like that girl in the ring. Mm -hmm. I was picturing that kind of stuff. Um, uh, practical effects you might have seen in old Cronenberg movies or something like that. And a lot of things I haven't really thought about in a long time. It, it really gets the creative muscle flexing. It does. And just, just, just you know, it, the mind is a battlefield. And th this game turned it into it. I think for a minute there I was actually kind of afraid of Marlene. Like a kid would be when you tell them a scary story, mm -hmm. and that's that's one of the, that's one of the more entertaining things about this campaign. I think I'm really gonna enjoy Delta Green be because of uh, well everything we've discussed tonight. I just think it's just a really enjoyable, just just a, just, just a really enjoyable game. When you start to feel what your characters are feeling, it's a it's an interesting sensation because um, when, when you come out of it, it's we've both experienced that Dakota in, in the same game together in mm -hmm. fact I think that as characters we've gotten mad at each other mm -hmm. you know and obviously that doesn't carry over after the game but in the moment Aiden and Douglas yeah in, in the moment it can be quite intense oh yeah um I think I have to step up for a smoke. Yeah, uh, we, we paused after that encounter because it, uh, I think you and I were both somewhat emotionally drained after that. <laughs> yeah, we were. I was. I was feeling my character, man. Yeah. And that was. It was almost disassociating mm -hmm. a little bit and and a bit uh, jarring because like I knew I was totally cool with you. Like we were fine. Yeah. yeah whatever. I've known you ten years now. Yeah. Yeah. No. There was. There was no. There was no real fight there it was uh it was all in character but it felt real enough real. yeah now that's a campaign i wish i could see again 
Yeah, same DM for uh, Witch Hunter, though, so we have to wait, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, though, he's been in contact recently. I've been talking to him a bit. Ah, wunderbar. Yeah. I miss our buddy. Yeah, me too. In fact, I gotta text him sometime tonight. Virus and threat protection. <laughs> All right. Well, my laptop's warning. Uh, well, um, before we wrap things up, is there anything anybody's particularly looking forward to or hoping to see uh, going forward in uh, A Candle in the Dark? I already said mine. Um... You've left everything so vague, and I mean, you, you did mention uh, plague mm-hmm. to me. Uh, so um, I'm interested to see how far this thing gets. I do actually have an overarching story in my head formulating right now. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. I, I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, so. Uh, I've already planted the seeds in this past adventure. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this is going to be like a remnant or world-ending scenario that, that we're, we're uh, yeah. I, I'm eager to find that out. Uh, honestly, I was still trying. I was, I was still looking forward to um, finding out what was on those damn reel-to-reel tapes I got. Oh, at, you'll at the cabin. You'll definitely have the opportunity. Oh, okay. So, so you're, you're, already, you're already hooking something up. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, well, yeah, of course. I, I, for one, have a lot to look forward to um, with uh, Candle in the Dark. I am hoping to see some uh, classic Lovecraftian monsters. Night haunts, Shoggoths, that sort of thing. Okay. I would be stoked if the Deep Ones were... Uh, or organizing whatever whatever nefarious scheme we're trying to unravel. Uh, or even the star creatures of heart. <laughs> we shall see. At the mountains of madness. <laughs> we are here to buy humanity a few more hours. The mountains of madness, by the way, is um, if any of you are interested in Lovecraftian um, novels and you haven't gotten into any yet, uh, one by Lovecraft himself. The Mountains of Madness is a fantastic read. It is by far one of the fa- one of my favorites. That and The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. Okay. Both fantastic reads. I have not read Dream Quest, Seth, but The Mountains of Madness is a lengthy read. Do not let that deter you. If you liked John Carpenter's remake of The Thing, you will love The Mountains of Madness. Oof. Chills. <laughs> Just chills, guys. All right. Well, if anybody has anything else... Oh! Giveaway is still go ongoing. Right. We are waiting for emails to come in. Oh, that is, again... A giveaway for a free Steam key to either Sunless Skies or Sunless Sea. Both are great Lovecraftian RPG games that you would enjoy if this is your thing. Uh, all you need to know uh, is our 
email Monday Night Tabletop at gmail.com. Go ahead and let us know the uh, reference behind Tristan's character, Indrid Cole. You mind if I throw in an obscure hint? Sure. Okay. Uh, Point Pleasant. All right. So you got that hint. All right. So remember, Monday Night Tabletop at gmail.com. If you are the first person to let us know about the reference, you'll get a free Steam key. Practically giving this one to you. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> I found out. Here's the day, man. Yep. <laughs> so that's going on. Also, for everyone who has taken the time, we love you dearly, to listen all the way through this entire episode. Uh, please uh, like our page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Monday Night Tabletop. I believe that is the. Did we actually say my character's name this podcast? Yeah, we did. I just did. Okay. All right. It's about to say now. Let, let, let them listen to the episodes to hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> so that they just get there. Yeah, that'll be facebook.com forward slash Monday Night Tabletop Podcast. Uh, like us on that. Follow us on there. We post. Uh, we're starting to actually post a lot more frequently. Uh, I've been attracting. Uh, if you think our show has something to offer to friends, please get the word out. We would love to have a, uh, have our listenership grow. Uh, we want to get our stories out there to everybody who would possibly enjoy them. Uh, also, you can always find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting app. Not just the Buzzsprout website, which 90% of our traffic has come through so far. So if you got an app or you got Spotify or you have iTunes, just know you can hit us up on those locations. And listen to us and subscribe to us there where you get the latest episodes as they come out. With that, I think we're going to go end it for the night. Uh, I have a lot of prep work to do because as of Sunday, December 8th, 2019, I have a lot of prep work to do before we jump into the next episode. Episode 5 of Delta Green, A Candle in the Dark, Last Things Last, Part 3. That's right. You know, I've got a lot of sobering up to do, too. Oh, God, yes. I drank way too much. Mm. (laughs) That's good beer, though. It's always before Monday night. I don't believe it. (laughs) Right. It's almost a problem. (laughs) Almost. Almost. I think think maybe the game is like IRL afflicted us with with some kind of um, (laughs) uh, need to drown the voices. (laughs) Uh, I think that's work for me. All right, everybody. Well, that's what all we have for tonight. So we're going to let you go tonight, and we'll see you in the next episode. Happy to see you. Bye. 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 Bye.